Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm a little fired up. Oh, uh, and and what has uh, exercised you? I am fired up about this Iowa caucus thing. Okay, you know what? I'm fired up about lots of things, right? Because this week we have the impeachment has wrapped up, and we said we weren't going to talk about it till it wrapped up, but I don't want to talk about it right now because okay. I want to talk about Iowa. Okay. I also want to talk at some point about coronavirus, but I think we had talked about maybe finding a guest to come help us talk about that. So we'll do that at some point. But Iowa, how can something as relatively simple as hey, y'all, let's get together at my house and talk about who we're going to vote for, turn into the monkeyness that has happened now Yeah. with, they're not even sure what the count is. We are four days on. Yes. For anybody who doesn't know, we're recording on Thursday the, four, the 6th yes. of February. This thing should have been in the pocket at least two days ago. Sure. And it's still dragging yeah. out with yeah. we're not even quite sure what, What's going on? What on earth? Okay. Explain to me why I should care about the Iowa caucus and what the heck went wrong with it. Okay. so <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> okay. Isn't that what you always do in big tests? <laughs> yes. Um, tell me about the U.S. government. Discuss. You know, whatever. What, uh, how did it go this wrong, first write, of all? Write an essay on, okay, how was the world created? <laughs> <laughs> you have 45 minutes. Enjoy. And, and, exactly, and, and, and then you're just yeah. quoting Genesis over and over. And over. Yeah, 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 and, and I and I, or you know, you know I, Darwin. Yeah, and I have forty set, forty sets of eyes, like you know, staring holes through my head. <laughs> he said, "Enjoy." What's wrong with that man? Okay, so the, the first thing is, you know, let's take a step back. What went on in Iowa, or why? What uh, was supposed to go on? Okay, in Iowa? so uh, for our listeners, um, we are now starting the presidential election, if you will, season uh, right. in earnest. Right. Okay? This is the part where we all begin to argue in real serious depth about yeah, because the w- pros and cons of each candidate. Because right? basically what's gone on for the last year, year and a half, is, is what scholars call the um, uh, invisible primary season. Okay, Is that whether you can get money, whether you can get support, whether you can have a a decent um, infrastructure, right? Like, didn't Kamala Harris struggle with infrastructure problems? Sure. And stuff like that. You start finding those things out. So is this like the pregame? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sort of like the pregame, right? Um, uh, so uh, we're now into the the nomination process in earnest. And um, uh, for both political parties, but especially uh, this year, the Democratic Party, uh, because uh, the Republican Party, or excuse me, the incumbent president is running for re-election. Um, and uh, the last time we actually saw an incumbent president have uh, a nomination challenge uh, was, ba- was back in 1980, okay, when uh, Senator Ted Kennedy, a Democratic senator from uh, Massachusetts, uh, actually challenged the incumbent president, Jimmy Carter, for the Democratic Party nomination. Um, uh, and it, that doesn't usually happen, though, no, right? Because is, you're supposed to get in line behind your guy. Your, yeah, because the president is is viewed as uh, the head of the party, 
whether you like it or, or not. not. That's right. Okay. So uh, the uh, the democratic the the Democratic Party's nomination process uh, began on Tuesday in Iowa, and a question I know you have, and my students frequently ask me is, well, why does it start in Iowa? Um, yeah, Iowa, uber representative of the rest of the nation. If the rest of the nation were flat, full of corn, mostly rural and quite white. Yes. She said with some sorry, bitterness. Yes. Sorry. Turns yes. out I'm more bitter about this than I noticed. Yeah, there, there, there's a fair amount of sarcasm there in your voice. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get I'm Iowa. not the brightest apple in the barrel, but sometimes I bob <laughs> to the surface. I'm picking up on some sarcasm here, a little bit of bitterness. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not a good person sometimes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Uh, but yeah, why uh, Iowa? Okay. Um, well, in part, uh, Iowa starts both political parties' nomination process, um, and this goes back to um, uh, the reforms of uh, the early 1970s, late 1960s. So this is probably a little bit more history than you wanted, but after the 1968 Democratic National Convention— Otherwise known as a giant fracas. Yes. Okay. Um, involving protesting and cops and yes. billy clubs. and uh, Yeah, which was held in Chicago. <laughs> um, and uh, Mayor Daley, uh, a Democratic mayor um, uh, who controlled the city of Chicago for decades, um, his response to the protesters, many young people who had a problem with the Vietnam War, um, who also... Um, uh, wanted the uh, party elites to have less of a role in picking the party's presidential candidate. His response to them protesting was to basically round them up, arrest them, and if you were unwilling to go peacefully, um, many of them got hit, beat, okay, uh, by the cops. Yeah, I mean, there's film of that. Yes. If, if anybody's interested in looking, there are films um, not only about that, but just like on YouTube there are clips of because the news crews were there filming that. Like, it was done <laughs> openly. It was not a, I will drag you off to the side and do this. It was, I will do this Yeah, the political party's national conventions during presidential years now are very scripted. Back then, <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> so it wasn't like the Democratic Party was hoping to go ahead and have these protests and have the Chicago police respond as they did. It was a black eye for the Democratic Party. But, and for Chicago. Yes. I mean, pretty, uh, much, every, everybody, pretty nobody, much nobody came out of that looking, looking good. good. But the result for both political parties was um, opening up the nomination process to, if you will, more of the voters within their you know parties. So in 1972, the Democratic Party... Uh, decided to go or have um, voters in the nomination process have a greater influence on who the party actually picked to represent it in the presidential election. And what they tried to do was to come up with a schedule uh, of when the state's primaries or caucuses would actually occur. Because the Iowa caucus process is so elaborate, and we're going to attempt to explain it, but we'll probably do a very poor job because even those um, who are involved in it usually 
don't explain it all that well, <laughs> as we've seen the last couple days. Right. You've Here's seen the, lots of people up there trying to explain, explain what it. happened, and it still sounds... It's just like a mess. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, is anybody in charge here? Yeah. Okay. It did make me wonder that. Okay. So because the Iowa caucus process is so long, the thinking was, well, we'll start with Iowa, kind of, kind of sort of ease into the nominating process. And then we'll move on to other states. Okay. But New Hampshire, right? Is yeah. Next. New Hampshire. So- South Carolina, uh, I think is early in it. It, it may not be next, but it's one of the earlier. Yeah, the first four are Iowa, um, New Hampshire, then I think Nevada, then uh, South Ca- South Carolina, and that brings us to the end of February, and then you have in early March what's called Super Tuesday. Is that when Super Tuesday? I was going to ask you, yeah. and that's like eight thousand states at one time, except we don't have that many. <laughs> I mean, but but, it, but it's a, a big yeah, number, uh, isn't it? Something yeah, like ten uh, or twelve or whatever. Yeah, a large number of states, and they tend to be to respond to your criticism of starting with Iowa, more representative of not only uh, voters in the Democratic Party, but also just of the American populace. I mean, one of the the major criticisms of those first four states, and again, it's largely historical, right? I mean, these states have been doing, you know, have had this place in the order for decades, and if the Democratic National uh, National Committee went ahead and said, or the Republican National Committee went ahead and said, okay, now we're going to go ahead and change the order, okay, a whole bunch of people in those first four states will get really, really upset, okay? Why? Okay, but nevertheless, okay, remember— Sorry, I okay, shouldn't be like that. Uh, I should be more respectful of their pain and suffering. Okay. Except that part of me is like, well, if you're going to do it this badly, you don't get to go, go first. first. Okay. Somebody who's better organized should go first <laughs> so that we can say, oh, well, then we'll do it like they did it. Not, I mean, really, if they all go like this, this is just going to be one giant big old mess. That's not. But they probably won't go this badly. I'm, okay. Because, well, yeah, because okay. how could. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. Stop. Okay. <laughs> so. A good way to think about what goes on at a caucus is to first explain what goes on in a party primary election, which Wait. is which is easier to explain, and then we'll use as kind of sort of our straw person as a point of comparison. Okay, okay but let me ask you a question separate from this first, if you don't okay. mind. Okay, yeah. So let's just say that for some reason Republicans wanted to change from Iowa being first to South Carolina being first or whatever. Is would Democrats also have no. to change? Okay, so they're not. They don't get together and decide. I mean, no. I know they don't get together and decide much, but, but I but didn't know whether they decided. But typically, the political parties in the states come to an agreement. Okay. Okay. On when? Okay, because I mean, let's face it. It's complicated to hold both. I mean, it's complicated to do polling or a. At polling two, places at two different times at two different times yes. okay so okay. in the states they would work that out yeah i mean administratively um most within state government would just go ahead and say okay we can't have it on two separate dates okay okay y'all gonna, have to pick yeah we're gonna we're gonna you have to work it out yeah we're gonna have a primary election on this particular date okay so in a primary election much like a general election um uh the the voters uh in a state uh, will go to vote on who will represent a particular political party in the fall general election. 
Now, some states actually force you to identify which party you're going to, you know, they force you to identify which party you're affiliated with, and thus that's the party primary that you can, you, vote, uh, in. You can vote in. In Virginia, you don't have to identify uh, with a particular political party. So, for instance, when Virginia has their primary next month, um, if you're a Republican voter, you could still go ahead and participate in the Democratic Party primary, okay? Which does provide, if you will, interesting incentives right. in regards to— because you could pick a ringer. Like yes. You could pick a person who you knew yes. would not be palatable to the vast majority of Americans. Americans you could pick—I don't or know. The, or Let's the vast, just say Mickey Mouse is on the— Or the vast majority of the, the voters thing, in a state. And you're anti-Disney. You could actually vote for— mm-hmm. Hoping that that would be the yeah. candidate. Oh, that's dastardly, isn't it? So, for instance, back in 2016, I know uh, a number of my friends who tend to affiliate with the Democratic Party um, uh, uh, in both parties. Uh, 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 neither party had an incumbent. Okay, um, They actually voted in the Republican Party primary, and they you know, voted for who they thought uh, would be the least likely candidate to win a majority of Virginia's votes in the fall. And I was just like, okay, well, you can do it because it's not prohibited by law, okay? But in a primary, you're basically picking your favorite candidate, and you pick – you got one choice. I'm just going to say – can I just say, though, that ethically that's gray. That's very gray. Well, you know, I mean, hey, I mean, I know politics, game, politics, whatever. I get it. But but, but, there's part of me that's like, you know what? I don't I like I would not vote in more than one. Could you vote in more than one primary? No, you just vote once. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I still don't think I I mean, you know, there there is the old joke, uh, uh, Chicago years ago. You know, vote early, vote often. Right. Okay. No. Uh, we're, but they're held at the same time. Yes. So you would have to pick yeah. a person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. Okay. So. So that's clearing that up for any listeners that think you might get two votes. No, 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 no. So. In the primary I mean, process. We, Obviously, you don't get in the full election. Ever. And again, primary elections and, uh, and even the caucuses. I mean, the nomination process for both political parties to pick their presidential candidate is much more open than it was pre-1968 and certainly pre-20th century, pre-1900s. Because before the 1900s, basically uh, a party's presidential nominee would be picked by party elites, okay, at conventions, typically in, you know, behind closed doors, in smoke Sm- rooms. I was going to smoky <laughs> rooms with whiskey. <laughs> right, okay. Where they, I assume, worked out deals. Sure, We'll put you forward, but yeah. you need to give us this thing. And yeah, blah, blah, I mean, blah, that's blah, where blah. you get a lot of the patronage, job swapping, appointment promises, et cetera. Uh, you know, so for give ins- me this and I'll make you the Secretary of Energy. Okay, so. Well, well I mean, back then it didn't I, exist, I mean, one of, the, one of the classic ones was in 1952 at the Republican Party National Convention. After a handful of, of votes, no candidate had received a majority of the delegates at the Republican Party National Convention. So the Eisenhower campaign reached out to uh, the uh, Earl Warren campaign, and Earl Warren was uh, a gov- the governor of California, and said, okay— Wait, Judge Warren? 
before he became chief justice, ah. he was governor of California, and before that, he was attorney general of California. Okay, so the Eisenhower campaign said to the Warren campaign, "Okay, Governor Warren, you have like you're coming in like fifth and sixth every time we do a vote. You're not going to win. What would it take for you to release your delegates and have them vote for?" Um, uh, 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 General Eisenhower uh, I, and the Warren campaign said okay, you got to promise that the first vacancy on the Supreme Court, Governor Warren uh, gets the nomination and that was the deal uh, the w- Warren delegates uh, uh, went ahead and uh, uh, cast their votes for Eisenhower, Eisenhower becomes the Republican Party uh, uh, nominee for president in 1952. Uh, he wins, um, beats Dewey. Ah, okay. uh, yes. Okay. In the infamous New York was headline. It, wait, 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 wait. No, no, it wasn't yeah, Dewey. Truman. It was uh, Adelaide Stevenson, um, se- uh, senator from Illinois. Okay. He beat Adelaide Stevenson. In fact, twice, right? 52 and 56. Okay. But so Eisenhower becomes president. First vacancy on the Supreme Court ends up being the chief justice position. And because he made that deal, he had to give it to Earl Warren. Warren gets on the court and basically leads the civil rights revolution on the United States Supreme Court. (laughs) So Eisenhower, after his two terms are up in an infamous uh, press interview, was asked, what were your biggest regrets or mistakes as president? And he said, I got, I have two, and both of them are sitting on the Supreme Court. And he mentioned Earl Warren and William Brennan. Okay, but, okay, so we're moving away. Yeah, okay. we've, we've gotten yeah. a field. Okay, so. Because uh, we haven't gotten to the nomination process. process. Right now, uh, we're, we're talking picking, about the, yeah. we're picking a candidate the, to go forward. Yeah. But that's different than the people who go vote at the convention yes like they don't have to represent the state yeah they do do they okay so they have to go with the way that virginia like if virginia picks okay so republicans in virginia pick trump and uh democrats in virginia pick uh, fill in the blank person um let's say bernie sanders bernie sanders so they get to the democratic conventions at least in the at least in the initial votes the delegates from Virginia have to vote for Bernie Sanders. The delegates from de- the Democratic Party, like yes, that, is that something like where the like we talked about the Electoral College, where that's those people are chosen by yes. the party for party yeah. service mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, yeah. and sent to represent. They have to in the first vote vote for Bernie. Yes, but then if he doesn't get like you're saying multiple votes, if he doesn't get a certain number of votes, and then he eventually releases his delegates. They can vote for whomever. Yeah. So your primary vote could conceivably still not be. Yeah. Yeah. Like it still could it yeah. could still not go that way yeah. if that person can't marshal enough support. Yeah, because the way they do the nominations. So this is very indirect. Okay, but the way they do the nominations uh, uh, post 1968 is um, a candidate. In, in a party needs to get a majority of the delegates um, to be the nominee. Right. So that basically takes it out of the hands of the party elites. So if you have a candidate um, who wins a majority 
of the delegates, then you don't have to worry about delegates from states, okay, being freed up in, you know, the eighth or ninth or tenth vote. I mean, most of the times post post 1972, we already know who the nominee is going to be for a particular political party before they even get to the convention. Oh, really? Because they've yeah. got enough delegates yeah. committed? Yeah, so think about in 2016. So it's like the Electoral College. College yeah. You've got enough yeah. electoral votes. Then you don't have to worry about Electoral College members um, deciding to go ahead being and... Being faithless. <laughs> being faithless, which As is we've, we've discussed. discussed. Okay. Okay. So, but... So caucuses... Okay. But, so primaries are just voting. Vote. It's just voting. It's just straight up like you go to the election, you, you yes. vote, it's tallied. Yes. Ta-da. Yeah. And why wouldn't Iowa do that? Well, Iowa, like many uh, small, when I say small, I'm talking about population, small rural states uh, in the United States, uh, has a culture or history of, if you will, uh, small group politics. Okay. We get together at... We get together at Augie's house, and we're eating pizza and drinking beer and talking about politics. Or the county courthouse, or uh, the convention hall. Um, or the school gym. The school gym, or a church basement, okay, a church hall, okay? Um, and, and they kind of sort of pride themselves on um, uh, politics being local. Very so, grassroots. Yeah, so, I mean, the basic idea behind the Iowa caucuses is— um, uh, and they have, uh, how many precincts? What is it? 160 some precincts. Okay. I did a whole bunch of research on this and I can't remember. Uh, oh, there were, uh, 1,678 different caucus locations. Okay. On Tuesday. Okay. And so let's just say, for instance, using your hypothetical, Okay, we're in Richmond, and we're going to do a caucus, and everybody gets together at Augie's house, which, by the way, is not big enough for that purpose. <laughs> but let's work with us here, okay? So, let's pretend. Okay. Let's pretend you live out in Maymont, <laughs> one of the really, really big <laughs> houses. Okay. You have 10,000 square feet. Right? And then I have a gigantic backyard. So even if there's overflow, you guys can just hang out in the backyard. That's right. right. We'll, we'll do barbecue. Uh, be great. Yeah, I'll put up a tent and everything will be, you know, just lovely. And okay. your neighbors will be really, really happy. happy. Well, in fact, many— Because all the cars will be parked all over. <laughs> oh, no, I guess it would be mostly Most your neighbors, Because right? it would be your precinct. precinct. That's right. They would be coming on over and, and hanging out. Which would if, be great. They could walk over. And, and they, if they were Democrats. Okay. okay. Or, you know, hey, if it's Republicans, then, you know, hey, okay, then all the Republicans show up at a house. Right. And what you do is you do a first round of voting. And, and I kid you not. And you probably you, there there's video of this. Okay. Um, you go to corners of a room. Okay. That, like you've been scolded. Okay. That that you go to that corner. And, and in some cases, they actually put up those. um uh, uh, not whiteboard, but um, white poster board sheets. Uh-huh. Okay, Sanders, Warren. <laughs> okay, so if you want to support Sanders, you go to the Sanders corner. You want you want to support Warren, you go to the Warren corner. You know, you support Mayor Pete, you go to the Mayor Pete corner, etc. Okay, right. Um, that's the first round, and that and what they do at each of these locations. There's usually a viability threshold. If you support a candidate that doesn't achieve typically 
you know, somewhere around 15%, okay, then you're free for the second round to go to one of the other, if you will, um, corners, okay? And, and this is what's unusual about the caucus. Your second choice can become extremely important because if your first choice doesn't meet the viability standard at your location, you're a free agent, which means the supporters for Bernie Sanders might go ahead and say, hey, Nia, okay, you liked um, Styers, okay, but Styers didn't make the cutoff. You come here. Here's what we have in common. <laughs> yes. Here are the things you'd like yeah. about us. us. So you, you come with us. You come with us. And then Elizabeth Warren says, 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 you know, but you also so liked like – this, this thing, thing, and we have cupcakes on our, our side of the room, room right. or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm assuming it doesn't actually involve cupcakes. I'm assuming that it involves ideas, right? Yes. That you That you start trying to convince, oh, if you like that person, our person also thinks those things. Our yes. person, or, or would not, or, or would support those ideas, or at least not trash those ideas. Yeah. Right, and so you might eventually. More, I could see where we're more simpatico with you, Nia. Than you, than you're thinking. Okay, then the, come the, over. Then the Klobuchar campaign. So ah. you come here, right? And, and, and here's where it it kind of sort of all blew up in Iowa. It's at that stage between you know the between the first round, okay, where the locations were supposed to report to the precincts, and then the precincts were supposed to report to the state democratic offices using an app okay yeah that that hadn't really been all that well tested apparently yeah yeah they invented it all that well that's when the if you will the first problems arose because some locations results weren't getting submitted to the precincts or the precincts okay who were supposed to be reporting to the state okay democratic uh, officials Okay, th- those results were not getting, if you will, reported. But but then, okay, this is all supposed to take place at night. So all, almost immediately, the locations moved to the second round. But the first round results weren't being recorded or there were irregularities, which is, a, which, which is an adjective. Which is tech. Is tech for <laughs> this app is crap. Or... With voting, you never want to hear irregularities. irregularities. With any kind of election, yeah, you, ne- no. you never want to hear irregularities. Because at that point, you might as well just go ahead and send out messages to social media, okay? Saying this is rigged. Insert conspiracy theory exactly. now. Exactly. Right? It was lizard people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, like you. Well, the fortunate thing, I think, though, is that wasn't – but the actual work done that night – was being done on paper, right? There were people mm-hmm. who were walking around with clipboards cl- counting the people standing next to the Warren poster and the people standing next to the Biden poster and the people standing next to the Bernie poster, and they were writing all that down so that they had a written record. So there is actually a written record. Sure. And then what they were doing was putting it into the app, app and, then, and then trying to submit it, it, and then there were problems with the app. Uh, and, yeah. So there is actually a paper yes. ballot. So if they hadn't messed with the app and they had just done it like they have like done they it have for, for for decades, then it, they'd have been fine. fine. They would have been fine. And they would have been able to call it in at the end of the night and say, OK, 
Precinct 1,672 reports whatever, and then they would report out yeah. however many yeah. and, and, and votes for the various and, and, and How many rounds do they do? Do they do it till everybody gets a 15%? No, well, typically after two rounds, okay, all the unviable candidates have been are gone. gone. And then you have viability uh, ranked by number. number. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they could have... Sure. And then they could have all gone home and yeah. we would actually know what's going on. Sure. But, but instead... As it is, we're recording on a Thursday uh, on the 6th. What, what, what day is it? On the 6th. Okay. <laughs> Um, and not all the precincts have reported. Yeah, it's like 91% or 92%. It, uh, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. And it's a pretty good idea of what's going to happen, but that's not... Ask Florida <laughs> how important that last 8% is in in figuring out who won the freaking election. Yeah, right? see, like, see the 2000 presidential election, <laughs> exactly. right? So um, uh, let's not act like those aren't... That, that couldn't tip the scale depending on how big that yeah how big that group is how big that group is and and again and students ask me those but, but, but i still don't understand how you can get something like that wrong like you you have a piece of paper you have a pencil you've done this a few times before i, I don't i don't know i just okay but you so get, let's take this app that we don't know how it works and and do it on the most important night of the well, primary season yeah, cause it, it, it's the cause start it's the one that's most reported right yeah, this is the one that everybody salivates over yeah all the news media is standing around watching all the everything standing I around i mean all watching. the candidates has you know spent months if not years you know um, in uh, iowa uh, trying to yes okay because you want to get a good start and and you and i've talked about this the importance of iowa doesn't lie in how representative it is of democratic party voters or the overall population in the United States. It, it cannot make that claim. The importance is because it is the first, if you will, data point in the nomination process, um, it sends a rather clear message as to uh, who's doing well at the onset. Um, and, and in part, that reflects how the media usually covers elections. Well, or and campaigns, that candidate, yeah, that, or, that or, campaign, or or or, or campaigns. Because if I but, recall, Trump did not win no, Iowa. No, Ted Cruz did. Right. I, I actually. I mean, so it doesn't necessarily. I, Iowa doesn't necessarily no, I, predict, I, predict the election. No, I was actually not all that good at predicting who will be the nominee for the party, okay, or who might actually even win in the general election. Um, so what is it? Um, Bush two. And Obama won Iowa, but m- most of the party's nominees, okay, since 1972, I think it's most, okay, um, Iowa did not, you know, go for them. Right. Okay. But because the media reports it kind of sort of like a horse race, think about what we've seen in the media since the results have actually been reported, Right. So Mayor Pete did better than expected. Biden uh, did worse than expected. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is third. Um, and I already saw this morning that um, she has pulled some TV advertising in uh, Nevada and South Carolina because some of her fundraising um, has not gone well since the early reports 
coming out of Iowa. Right, and I'm sure that Buttigieg got a bump. Got a bump, right? Because yeah, okay. Because he did report well. Yeah. I mean, I so so in some ways I don't like it in part because it sets the agenda, it, if you right, will, of which of, I'm not a huge uh, fan uh, of. Yeah. I would like them all, but then again, I want campaign finance reform. So, <laughs> which is an entirely different <laughs> podcast episode. Um, I mean, but I think if everybody only had a certain amount of money and you just couldn't earn over that. Like if we just gave you a million dollars and said go, and we gave it to every viable candidate, I, I think we'd have a much more interesting election. Yeah, uh, on that particular issue. Because I'm not a fan of money as a as a First Amendment um, right, and I know you are. Um, voting, voting behavior uh, election election scholars are predicting that um, this year's presidential election uh, will be the most expensive in our country's history. Until the next one. Well, probably until the next one. But, I mean, we haven't had a presidential candidate from either political party take public monies um, in decade or in a couple decades now. Uh, yeah, because there's a limit on it. Yes. I mean, because if you take public money, um, then you basically go ahead and say, um, I will only independently raise um, a certain amount of money. So you end up, like, limiting yourself. Right. Um, that's why, for instance, you know, somebody like a Mike Bloomberg um, is basically going ahead and saying, OK, whatever. I'm worth I'm outside the process. process. I'm outside the process. Um, I, I, did he even was he even in the caucus? No, no. Was, yeah. I mean, he can just. No, he's focusing on he he's he's focusing on um, advertising Super Tuesday. Oh, is he? OK. Yeah, because well, well it's I mean, a big day. That's that's like the next big. Okay, wait. So no, let me back up. So you have the Iowa caucus. Yeah. And theoretically, it's it's decided relatively quickly. She said with some bitterness. Um, and then, well, and side note, Trump handily won the Republican Iowa caucus. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. Like he did. I mean, there wasn't yeah, even. Yeah. I think there's somebody running against him, but it wasn't. Yeah, former Massachusetts Massachusetts Governor um, William Weld. But he didn't. He won, I think, one delegate. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> Iowa went overwhelmingly for Trump, uh, the Republicans. Um, so, but there's this county, or no? There's this, there's this precinct in New Hampshire. Not the not the entire state's um, results, but their results are often predictive mm -hmm. of the. And I can't remember which which one it is, but it's the one that does it at midnight. It's the one that does it first or whatever. Yeah. It's like the first. Yeah. Um, but there's like ten people in the town. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me that ten people can be actually a predictor. Um, hey, uh, you, you you get a representative sample. Um, uh, you know, according to you know uh, uh, polling experts. You know, it could be as, as few as 10. Okay. Yeah, we, we tell people in, in uh, academic research, don't ever believe a poll with only 10, 10 people, people in it. Yeah. But but anyway, so so you get these first four. You've dealt with the first four. And theoretically, now you have a pretty good idea of the pecking order. And after the first four, people will start to, like the people at the very bottom will start to drop out. Right. Because yeah. that's part of what you do. And then Super Tuesday, we see. Another winnowing, like isn't yeah, that a? Yeah. Isn't yeah. after Super Tuesday yeah. is a really big time yeah. when you get a lot of people going? Never mind. Yes. I, I can't. Because I mean, this it, isn't going to work. Because at that point, and I can't remember the exact percentage, um, 
you're not talking about a majority of the delegates to the national conventions decided after Super Tuesday, but you're talking about a significant percentage. And usually at that point, um, those who want to donate money um, or work on campaigns, you know, they'll go ahead and say, well, you know, you weren't in the, you know, top three, for instance, of Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. We're, we're jumping ship. But then after Super Tuesday, it usually narrows down to, you know, a couple folks. Um, in uh, 2016, with the Republican Party, I think it narrowed down to maybe four, which was— Yeah, because they had approximately 400,000 people running at the beginning. <laughs> I think it, I, I mean, I, I think dude, it, I think like it, they couldn't all fit on one stage, just like the Democrats this time had. Yeah. What, at I, one point, 21 or 22 people declared or something. Yeah, uh, the Republican Party at its apex in regards to number of people uh, in 2016 had 24. Yeah, that's insane. That That is insane. OK. Um, that's that's a party that's disorganized in some ways, at least to me, although. I like it better than a party that says we're only running one guy because we, the elite wealthy, you know, lever pullers have decided it's going to be this person and you, the voters, are going to like it or lump it. So if I had to choose between the two, I'd rather have the 24 than the person chosen for me and then ram down my throat. And and you've identified uh, one of the most essential tensions in the current presidential nominating process for both political parties. Oh, aren't I clever? Okay, which is... <laughs> I didn't know I was doing that. <laughs> okay, well, post-1968, okay, many party faithful wanted a more open democratic process. Uh, on the other hand, um, as some scholars point out, you run the risk then of perhaps a person winning the nomination who has very little chance of winning the general election. Or, or who's bonkers. Who, who, who is bonkers, okay? Or or who is um, extremely charismatic but not... A demagogue. I mean, right. we, you know, we talked We've about... We've talked about that, I think, with... With the Electoral College. Right, that, this, that was to prevent Mr. Hitler from becoming okay. president of the United States. So you have this tension, and it's a tension that gets played out uh, with some regularity every four years. I mean, think about this, Nia. In 2008, uh, for the uh, primary election process, the nominating process began, um, you know, most commentators, most scholars believe that Hillary Clinton would easily win the Democratic Party nomination for president, right? Former first lady, um, uh, senator from New York, and her main opposition was a first-term senator from Illinois, Barack Obama. And not only only did she have more experience, but the party elites had all lined up behind Hillary because she had done something that is extremely important to um, political parties. When she was first lady and when she became senator, she would do a whole bunch of fundraising events for other members of her party. So other members of her party owed her big time. I mean, that's one of the ways that you ingratiate yourself within a political party, right? But Barack Obama... She also did a fair bit of legislation that was 
Okay, but it was across the aisles. Same thing, right? Like building that sort of base of people who owe you favors, people who owe you. And and, and I'm electable, and if I am elected, I will work across the aisle and we'll get get stuff done. But Barack Obama won Iowa, and the game was on, okay? He Um, had a heck of a ground roots game, grassroots game. I mean, he he had. Yes. He, and, he and, just had passion, like people and he supported re- him, and he revolutionized passionately. Revolutionized fundraising among presidential candidates. Yeah, uh, wasn't it like a five dollar or ten dollar? His average was some really small, and he did it amount, but it was a on, huge number of online, people. online. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, we. That's what you get when you have young whippersnappers working in your campaign. Well, but you know, you say, you know, sir, we could we could set up a PayPal account. We, you and I, you and I have been critical of how technology failed uh, the Iowa caucuses and the Democratic Party. Yes, you're admirably less bitter about it than I am. Okay. On the other hand, you know we, uh, you know the the we have a couple new generations of Americans um, who would never think of writing a check and sending it by mail. Um, for a candidate that they support. A check? Okay. What is this thing you, you speak, speak of? of right? Check. Right. I do not know this word. Okay. Yeah. You know, they do all their shopping online. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, they pay buy everything with, with their, their phones, phones or, or okay. PayPal accounts, et cetera. Um, and his campaign tapped into that. But because he won Iowa, okay, a whole bunch of people who uh, may not have liked Senator Clinton or who wanted a change, you know, we don't need another Clinton, okay, running for president, okay, all of a sudden, they had a viable alternative. And that's the thing about... He's also extremely intelligent, intelligent, young, incredibly handsome, beautiful family, and African-American, well, you know, like, like knowledgeable about... All kinds of things he'd okay. studied up on and on all the stuff yeah. that it wasn't he didn't study in law school but he and, studied up on all that like he was that guy okay and all of that and he was African American right significant if you will variable for many Democratic Party voters and for that matter many moderates or independents who ended up voting okay for Barack Obama. Although okay. I could argue the other side to be civil about our discourse, I could argue the other side that she's female. And that appealed to oh, a sure. lot of people. No, but I think, sure, unfortunately no, for her, Me Too hadn't happened yet. Yeah. And Me Too would have pushed her in a different direction if it had been 10 years earlier. Well, and, and she also is, for many in the Me Too movement, symbolic of why the Me Too movement was necessary. Okay, because... Oh, was, that's true, cause because she didn't... She she didn't she didn't intervene and there were things that she said about some of the women that were she didn't call out her husband unpleasant okay yeah. uh, for many That's in true. the Me Too movement she was uh, she is viewed as an enabler okay um, yep yep it's okay. a viable argument okay so you have a situation where this tension for the political parties I mean there are critics of the Republican Party nomination process in 2016, and the, and the criticism is this. Their process was too democratic, that the, <laughs> that the party elites should have closed the gates, okay, 
and shut down some of that number. Shut down some of that number and, and shut down somebody um, who ended up being the party nominee, Donald Trump, who just a few short years earlier wasn't even a member of the Republican Party. Right. And who, for a lot of them, does not represent their fundamental plank values and still doesn't to this day. Today. I can see why there are people who in the party would be very irritated by the process and saying we should not have left that up to the popular vote because fundamentally he's not at his fundamental core. Donald Trump is conservative, but I don't know that he's Republican. Republican. And or, those two things are different, and that might be – I could see where or, they would be irritated or, or, by or, or a different kind of conservative. I mean, I mean you, know, uh, you know, for the longest time, you and I you know, discussed this um, uh, in, in different fora. Uh, the Republican Party was noted for uh, 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 being fiscally prudent. Well, yes, well, not right now. Not right now, right? Okay. Um, and so – uh, there's a really good book, and I've, uh, I'm using it in uh, my Crisis of Democracy class um, called How Democracies Die. And these two political scientists who have studied how uh, democracies around the world have died have made, you know, make the argument that historically political parties have served um, democratic, if you will, nation states or regimes um, uh, in this way. They're gatekeepers. They keep out demagogues, okay, authoritarian figures, etc. Um, and as they've pointed out, on one hand, we should cherish, relish the reforms of the nominating processes for both political parties post-1968. More democracy. On the other hand, however, <laughs> this is what you get with more democracy. Th that is the potential downfall, right? I mean, think about it in these terms, okay? You know, a fair assessment. what you ask for. One, a, a fair assessment of in two thousand and eight of the general election uh, contest between Barack Obama and John McCain was if you were if you were thinking about somebody who had longer service, more experience, okay. Um, you would you would have picked John McCain. The Democratic Party should have never picked Barack Obama. Okay, and in the past he wouldn't have been picked. He wouldn't have been picked because he was African American. He was too young, and it wasn't his time. Right. He hadn't put in his dues. Dues. That's right. He hadn't paid his dues. Because okay. uh, up until I assume '68 ish, you really had to you had to play ball for a long time before you, you had to or you had to be a general in World War II. I mean like yeah, you, you had to you do had to, something yeah you had to demonstrate to the party elite lengthy service that you were faithful to the party right um, I mean think about it in 76 I mean Jimmy Carter really benefited from the changes in both parties nominating processes because Jimmy Carter was an unknown governor from Georgia right and he actually didn't win the Iowa caucuses, but I think he came in like, what was it, second or third or maybe third or fourth, and it shocked everybody because there, nobody knew who Jimmy Carter was, right? But it gave him a platform. It allowed him to go to uh, people with money in the Democratic Party and say, hey, I'm different. I'm not part of that mess in D.C. 
that you know, uh, that uh, brought us into the Vietnam War, and I certainly wasn't part of Watergate. Okay, um, you know I'm different. So they all say that. Okay, they all say it, but in this particular case, it was because true. because the nominating process was more democratic, all of a sudden somebody like a Jimmy Carter was a viable alternative choice. Right. So you know one of the difficulties right now for the Democratic Party after 2016 is think about all those Bernie Sanders supporters who claimed that the Democratic Party's nominating process was rigged. Right. And there was a lot of bitterness. A lot of bitterness. From that, from that, from the Bernie supporters. They really believed that the election was stolen okay. from him, or the, the nomination the was, was stolen, stolen from, from him. him. That he didn't have an, a, a decent chance to attempt to defeat Trump, which he should have been given. He no. should have been... He, he didn't have a like, decent chance to defeat Hillary Clinton. No, no, no. But that, he that was, sh- that he, they think he would have been the nominee. Okay, but that's fine. But, again, their initial criticism, Nia, was— That's true, that he was handicapped okay, in, uh, in the uh, run with, against her. Against, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yes. Yeah, against Clinton, okay? But there are plenty of people within the Democratic Party, okay, who are saying, okay, can we have somebody who— a short time ago, was not a member of the Democratic Party, actually represent the Democratic Party in a presidential election. Right. Well, and doesn't Mike Bloomberg suffer from a similar, he was a Republican oh at my one God. point. Oh, and, my goodness, yes. And so, I mean, that is a, a, a concern for the party faithful. Sure. If you are all of a sudden walking and going, no, no, I've been a Democrat this whole time. And you're like, uh, no, we've been standing here the whole time and you weren't with us till just now or whatever. That's an interesting. That's an um, inter- interesting dilemma. Interesting, yeah, dilemma. It's a, the dilemma for the party. I mean, and think about this. Um, there are Bernie Sanders supporters who say, um, you know, the reason why Hillary Clinton didn't win in 2016 is that many of us got turned off on the Democratic Party and we decided just not to vote in November. And that's particularly an issue for the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party's, if you will, main advantage numerically um, is that demographically more people, okay, um, should vote for the Democratic Party. They, They are members of groups who typically vote the Democratic Party. Right. But we also know historically... Okay, Uh, 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 Democrats are more likely, okay, to, um, and we talked about this uh, last week. Republicans fall in line and Democrats fall in love. That's right. And if they're not in love. If they're not in love, love, they walk away. You're like, what? (laughs) And again, now can you see why a state like Iowa with a caucus, okay, with a system that is so unusual, and even though it only generates 1% of the delegates at either political party's national convention, can have a huge influence on what plays out the rest of the year. Right. The rest right. of the because year. Because now people are going to make funding decisions based on this. They're going to make, they're going to make voting decisions Gee. based on it. Because they want, first of all, everybody wants to back a winner. Sure. Nobody wants to pick the losing guy. Yeah. Like, and later... They don't want to admit they voted for the losing guy, right? Like, because that's just not. Yeah, that's I mean, just not what we do. Right? Yeah. Or they make excuses. Well, I didn't have a choice. I was a gun to my head. I was I was being beaten to death. I was, you know, like, uh, come on. You voted for this person because you voted for this person. Get over it. But I, I, 
also, I'm a little um, frustrated. See, I'm I'm ratcheting down. I'm calming down because I'm having this pleasant conversation with you. Um, I'm so, also so I'm little... having a calming a calming effect on you, Nia. Wait, I wait, 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 maybe wait. the only time in your life you've had a calming effect. On... Well, I, I I do believe that before we started recording this episode. You accused me of uh, firing you up. <laughs> That's true. You did. Because you just you said in the email, you love feisty. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling feisty. And here's why I'm feeling feisty. Here's what I'm feisty. Now, see, now I'm getting feisty again. Um, is I am concerned that, that currently the media's obsession with flash is like, okay, no, let me back up. So what got reported was I was a big wonkin' mess and nobody knows anything and it's practically on fire as a state, right? That's what got reported in the media. And the reality is that by tomorrow, it will be settled. Sure. But are they going to come back and say, turns out it's kind of boring, but this are, these are the results. It was more interesting when it was on fire. Sure. And I'm a little worried that we are we're moving to a place in our political discussions where we only want to talk about things that are on fire. We don't talk about things that are that aren't on fire. I don't know how to explain what I mean, except the function the functions of government work. 99.5% of the time. Oh, yeah. Right? But that's not what gets the, that's not what gets attention. No. And people mistake the things they see on Twitter and the things they see on Facebook for actual information. And I'm a little concerned that, that people will go, the message they're carrying away is, I was a big giant mess, slash, the Democratic Party is a big giant mess, slash, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to pay as much attention to it. Do you think that's a viable concern, or do you think no, that— No, it, it is a concern. Um, uh, political scientists who uh, study uh, politics and media, um, uh, there are numerous studies that, that show that uh, the media tends to focus on um, what's wrong in government or how government processes don't work or how government officials screwed up instead of— I mean, when's the last time— uh, you received a, a news flash on your on your phone, okay, or popped up uh, on your uh, laptop, or if you still watch the news on the TV, uh, okay, what's that? okay, where you know the <laughs> where the scroll went ahead and reported, hey, the government did the following really well today. Right, old people got their checks, and you know, fishermen got their licenses. I mean, we always come back to that. But, but, you know, but or this caucus ran really well and wasn't a problem at all. I mean, and, and, like, and at the end of the day, but, uh, but, and again, at the end of the day, so Iowa found out that this particular app didn't work, okay? But otherwise, okay? Um, uh, their process went like it usually, usually does. does, okay? And, and, uh, um, and in terms of, the Democratic Party's nominating process. Um, okay, so next week we have New Hampshire. <laughs> okay. Hey, New Hampshire, sure. do it better. But do it better. Or, do it better. Or, or, or at know, least don't tell anybody until you fixed it. Or, or, or how about this? You know, think about how I just said it. So next week we have New Hampshire. 
that's what's supposed to happen. Right? Right. Okay. Barring some, barring a comet from outer space Race. hitting the planet before then. And, 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 and if there was a, and even if there's a huge snowstorm over the weekend, which New Hampshire might get, you know, socked with a whole bunch of snow this week. Yeah, but weekend. they know how to go out in the snow and well, well, but, but again, right? I mean, you know, that's, that's my point, okay? <laughs> they've I mean, done that before. before. <laughs> it's New Hampshire in February, Yeah, like, okay? They'll be surprised if there There's isn't no four feet of snow, snow and they, right? they have to fight through. Okay, and then, you know, next is Nevada, okay? So Nevadans are going to have to, like, go vote when, you know, it's really warm out. I, I think they're kind of sort of used to that by now, right? I mean, it's... Right. I mean, this is the process. I mean, and well, and people it, shouldn't mistake what they see on Twitter and Facebook for what they see in legitimate media. Yeah, I mean, because legitimate media has standards for for what they will report, report, report and or not focus report on. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's you know, and I try to tell my students this all the time. I, I'm like, you know, guys, you know. You got to stop, you know, you know, following Twitter, right? You, you got to back away from social media, right? I said, let some of these stories breathe, um, yeah. um, because um, not only will it be beneficial for you, which is what a lot of studies are showing. Okay, the less time you got your face glued to your phone or your laptop, generally better. The better your life, your health actually is. Okay, but if you step away and let a story breathe, then you can reflect upon it, okay? And, you know, democracy at its core is messy. We don't necessarily need to go ahead and make, need to make it messier. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay? It's messy because democracy forces us to, like, interact with other people, try to decide what is majority will, how do we protect minority rights, what what you know? What are the institutions supposed to do versus what do they do in reality? This is all messy stuff. We don't well, need. And what do I really believe at my court? Like who? When it comes down to brass tacks, and I have to vote. Yeah. It, who can? Whose whose name am right, I willing right, to right, put right, my right, check right, mark right, next right, to? Okay. Like and, and, and that's per, a heavy decision to make. And it, perhaps taking a step back, being reflective, perhaps talking to other people, like people who don't think like you don't have your choices wouldn't be a bad thing right okay right floating the room and listening to what everybody has to say might give you a better idea of what you what you can and can't tolerate sure where your lines are yeah i mean cause... i'm i am a little concerned that um that i was that i was use of the app <laughs> is a like a harbinger of bad apps to come uh, I, I am I, a little I, worried about that. I got, I got to admit, Nia, uh, I, I'm getting to a point to where with what happened. There ought not be an app for that. <laughs> with with the, the evidence of hacking that occurred in 2016, okay, the fact that Internet voting, um, according to technology experts, is still wholly unreliable without integrity, the more I think about it, the more I think that the country should go back to paper ballots, paper ballots, not punch cards, because we saw what a kind of fiasco that can yes, be. Yes, no, with your okay. chads. Okay, and yes, voting would take a hell of a lot longer, but at the same time, you already have your redundant backup. 
It's right. a piece of paper. Right. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. I'm, and, 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 I'm turning into a Luddite when it comes to oh this. Oh, my God. Yes, and that's, yes, yes. And I mean, I use a computer all day long. Oh, so do I. I do research online. I'm, sure. I'm that person, right? And I, you know, we make a podcast and we do these things. But there are some things that I just think, oh, this should be in paper. This should be in paper because then there wouldn't be this this question of, you know, I'm glad there's a paper backup for this. Sure. Because otherwise we'd be yeah. in a real mess with Iowa, not not understanding uh, one. Or Iowa would have to do it over. They'd have to have a do-over, which would be another mess. mess. So, I, I, but yeah, I think I mean, that so maybe the app thing. I'm, I'm thinking that it's unlike that a Russian will <laughs> sneak into the room, take your piece of paper, and change the numbers on it. I could be wrong because they might just infiltrate, you know, at the district level. But I think that's unlikely. Yeah. I mean, why make it easier for people to jack with your elections? Yeah. I mean, there there are some transactions that should be done in person. Right. You Um, should get married in person. Yeah. Right. You should get married and you should get divorced in person. person. You should have to own both of those things. You should vote in person. You should give birth in person. If you're if you're borrowing a whole bunch, you should of, probably die in person. If you're borrowing a whole bunch of money, or somebody, oh, yeah. or somebody's paying you a whole bunch of money for services rendered, I'm kind of sort of thinking that that's your in person. person, right? I mean, yep. you know, look across, you know, <laughs> right, you know, the, the the table, the room, and say, okay, you sure about this? Yeah, I'm sure. Or when you sell your soul to the devil, the, you should do that in, in person. person, right? <laughs> that shouldn't be an app on, on your, your phone, phone right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious, but terrifying. But because people would just swipe, they would just do it. Yes, they wouldn't even and, be thinking and, about it. And I'll be like, what? They would, would you, agree, agree to terms. terms okay, okay you know, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't take that. You can't take that back, yeah. right? <laughs> there are some things, okay? You, you don't know, get a do-over. You don't get a do-over, right? You know. This isn't playing billiards with your friends. Hey, can I have a do-over? No, you just cast your vote, okay? Um, and it's now somewhere in a technology stream. Right. Good luck. Yeah. As I'm over here shrugging my shoulders and using both of my hands, okay? <laughs> right. It's, uh, it's yeah, somewhere. It's somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I should be able to point to it on a piece of paper. Okay, so now that the geezers are done with their podcast... <laughs> Next week, shall we talk impeachment? Uh, Yeah, next week. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'll talk to you then. All right. Bye, Nia. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the workshop for technical assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.